Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. (laughs) This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. Guys, how do you talk about life when you haven't even lived at all? And how do you talk about love when the only thing you love is your dog? I don't know. Well, good morning. Good morning on this breezy, sunny, 76 degree morning. Man, thank God. I can't, I, that heat, and it's supposed to go up again. So I don't, I, I can't. And I have to play again on Sunday, and tennis was excruciating this past Sunday. You just play, I mean, you play now. Thursday league tennis, Sunday league tennis, and you're playing T2 with at least one person. Yeah, so I have so. to actually set that up today. Why? <laughs> but that's actually, that's the league I like. I know, I know. But, um, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is slowly going to wind down because, you know, when you join these leagues in the beginning, you kind of do it, not just for exercise, but you kind of do it to meet people. And honestly, I'm not looking for... You know enough people. Yeah, I'm not looking for any friends. You know me, that's almost like (laughs) worth 10 people. So I'm that exhausting. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, lives change as we get older. And I'm just not as competitive as I used to be because I've slowed down. And I don't know, it's just for the fact that I do have a lot of fun with the people that I play with. Right. So I had a, an opportunity to play with our friend Jojo on Sunday, and Aww. that was excellent. That's we had a lot fun. of fun, but we were moving in slow motion. <laughs> Through we the soup yeah, that is brutal. The air quality. And then, yeah, tomorrow I talked our opponents into playing early, so that's good. We'll be out on the courts at 8.15, and I should be home with at least an hour to spare before picking up Miss V. Knock on wood. Knock, (laughs) knock, knock. Oh, my goodness. What is it with Wednesdays, Riss? Why are Wednesdays such a popular landscaping day? I don't know. Wherever we go. I don't know. I don't know either. It is very odd, though. So I have practice today, and of course it's going to be, like, loud as hell while we're there. Oh, God. Or maybe it might, well... By 11.45, it's usually almost done. I mean, these people get out early to avoid the heat. So we'll see. As they should. (sighs) Well, you know, so kind of interesting. I haven't seen you since we got back from our beach trip. Yes. Which was now like 10 days ago. I, can you believe that? No. It's horrifying. It is horrifying. I'm appalled. I'm going out of town on Saturday. I'm on Saturday. Oh, wow. To Monday, because as you know, I think you know, I'm flying up to Massachusetts for the Patriots home game. 
My first I... Patriots home game, regular season home game ever. I don't know. Maybe I, I did know that. And they better kill the Jets. The Jets seem horrible, even though they have Le'Veon Bell now. Uh, their work, I don't know what the news is, but on Monday Night Football, they went through two quarterbacks. They're on oh, their third yes. string. I do know. They had to so like, acquire somebody. What's going I on? <laughs> See, I mean, it might just be like, hey, the Jets should just show up and then take a knee and forfeit. Well, <laughs> like, I did actually say to Jonathan, I'm like, can NFL teams just forfeit? They might as well. And then I'm like, oh my God, what if, like, the Patriots don't play their starters? Because they're right. like, we don't need to play our starters to win. Right. I'd be like, this is a disadvantage of going to a home game where the best team ever, the New England Patriots, are playing <laughs> one of the crappiest teams in the history of football. The New York Jets. I know. And it's, but you know what's crazy is that the Jets tend to play the Patriots pretty well. They have in the past. I'm not saying they beat them all the time. I'm just saying they just play them well. Yes, it's like a point of honor. Right. With the third string quarterback, I suspect as long as the Patriots' defense is good with the run, run defense, because I can't imagine they're going to have much success. (laughs) Right. uh, Passing. With a quarterback that has no experience right. with the team. But right. I forget who Jonathan said they signed. But anywho, yes, we were in the full throes of the NFL season. I no longer have my basement with the three flat screens. I know. So I can't watch multiple games at a time. I know. <laughs> Jonathan was actually made a comment about being a little disappointed for it being sad. Just checking the the recording. We're still recording. I know. Sometimes it's hard to. Well, because the screen goes blank. Yes, exactly. Yeah. How did that all turn out with your dish TV or whatever Uh, direct TV? Yes. So it is on what we call the short roof, which is the roof over the bump out. Right. AKA Jonathan's office. Right. And so far, we haven't heard any additional complaints so hopefully that situation is resolved gotcha we were supposed to go out to dinner uh at the end of last month with our next door neighbors and i had pitched it as like an apology (laughs) for the inconvenience of the eyesore right and they actually canceled on us at the last minute (laughs) which was fine right um i don't know she was like very nice of you i was traveling and didn't really check with her husband uh, about his schedule, and he already had a commitment. And so anyway, and I was you like, "You think everything is kind of smoothed over with them?" Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think it's fine. I think they're not going to come know. after you. No, I think they're. You know, I think they miss our friends who lived there oh. before, probably because they were in the same stages of life. You know. Oh, gotcha. Adult kids, grown and gone, and right. This is your downsized, walkable retirement right. living. But I'm telling you, these houses... So, there's another <coughs> townhome for sale in my neighborhood. And it's on one of the side streets, Hidden Alley. And I looked up what it was listed for. Yeah. Now, according to the square footage in the listing, it's smaller than our townhome, but I realize it might not include the terrace level. Right. You know, so I'm 
Realtors follow the rule in Georgia that you don't include any square footage if any part of it is subterranean, which I actually don't think ours is, frankly, but... No, um, I don't think so either. Anyway, there was like... So there's... Townhome was listed at like 2,500 square feet. Yeah. List price, 575. Huh. And it's pending. It's been online for four days and it says it's pending. Wow. So, I mean, it's more than I sold my Wild Green Drive house for. Huh. So. That's pretty crazy. It is. But it is location, location, location. It is location, location, location. And you can't get anywhere near me. Like, I swear our neighborhood is the only one where you can get in for under $850,000. Wow. Everything else, I think, is like eight fifty dollars or above. <clears throat> right. It's just crazy. Some of these townhomes are going for like $1.2, 1000000 I'm like, wow. Wow. This. Yes, that's crazy. But, yeah, so it'll all be very interesting, but I'm enjoying my, so enjoying my walkable lifestyle yes and uh my goal one day is to actually go to the farmer's market and not just blow through it on my way to gym the, class oh right i always forget about it and then you know i don't bring any money with me to <laughs> right. class and you know again this weekend i'm out of town last weekend i had guests and we couldn't right. get our act together to go to the farmer's market because and how are your guests uh they, well, my goddaughter is lovely, obviously. Good. Um, <laughs> that was funny. We texted over the week- weekend, you and I, and you were like, kids are hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, my friend won't listen to this podcast. But, uh, I'm like, yeah, it was not a relaxing visit. Right. It was, was an exhausting visit. Um, and it was only 48 hours, but it felt a lot longer. Right. So, yeah, so anywho, I don't know, lots of stuff going on. That's kind of like the personal wrap-up, right? Right. So. Nice. I uh, feel like my smart news app on my phone is always parroting, or I don't know, what do you call it when an app pops up stuff on your phone? Oh. Anyway, it's always sharing these headlines with me. There was this headline yesterday. I wish I could recollect it exactly because... That was, like, the whole point of it, but I'm going to try to do the best I can and give you the gist of it. It said, so smart news, Boop. more people than ever falling through Arctic ice never to be seen again. Oh, God. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> uh, so I didn't have, I couldn't, you know, when that popped up, I couldn't like open the article and read it but I thought what an odd thing for smart news to share with me uh yeah then another thing it shared with me was Trump approves rule to allow fewer inspectors at pork plants Uh, I was like well I guess I'm gonna have to cut back on my pork consumption right because it's always good you know when People are inspecting part of our food supply less frequently. And I think last week he approved, I don't know if it's a bill, 
I don't know what the word is for a measure, something that said, um, uh, oh, it had to do with some legislation that was passed during the Obama administration, effectively ending any um, development in our wetlands and other open areas. Oh, is this where they're to trying protect to do water. the drilling? I don't. Well, they didn't say that, but they did say that it having those laws in place that prevents development. Right, and, and so I'm like, this is all in the service of big business, and it's not. Right, this is what people will tell you. It's not against development. It's pro thoughtful. Right, development. Right, and you know, I mean, let's face it, that doesn't exist anymore. I don't think. him he wants his crony friends to be happy with him he's probably making side business deals or his family certainly is sure where he's getting the benefit I did see I think the house last week voted to approve rules that need to be put in place so now they have rules in place for a Trump impeachment proceeding. Right. So, I don't know if they're going to move forward with that, but I saw that as a first step. Um, yes, yeah, so oh. lots of interesting things Yeah. And how did this whole thing with Kavanaugh start, start all oh, over again? I saw again. that too. I don't know. I was talking with Chris about it, and I'm like, I just I you know, pop on the news on Monday, and all of a sudden it's like, and this process was done too quickly, and there, even though there was an investigation, you can't possibly interview. I forgot how many people stepped forward. Five hundred or something. I mean, yeah, no, that wasn't how many people stepped forward. No, they but it was a lot. Long, it was like two hundred and yeah, something. Yeah, they wanted to interview a lot of people. And you can interview them, but you're not going to get what you need in the twenty days it took to right. push it through, or however long it took. It was short. Well, then of course that always goes back to you wonder if RBG's latest health scare did anything uh, to influence that because you know she was treated again for her fourth bout of cancer right now she's already back on the speaking circuit and back on the court but you know nobody can trust the republicans to not be hypocrites i know that's a broad <laughs> sweeping statement right but mitch mcconnell has already oh, basically gone on record as being a hypocrite because you know he's like oh yeah if an opening comes up during an election year we'll fill it Right. And, of course, their whole argument with, um, you know, Merrick Garland and not even giving a hearing to an Obama nominee was, oh, well, it's an election year. We should wait to see what the people say. Right. And who they vote for. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, the whole thing is just kind of ridiculous, has political families are. I'm listening to this um, book on Audible with our mutual friend, and it's about, well... Is our mutual friend uh, start with a Y? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, this book is, like, called it's really Jackie, Janet, and Lee, and it's about uh, Jackie Kennedy, her Ooh. sister, Lee Radswell, intriguing her mom, Janet Auchincloss, and I swear, their lives were like a Dallas 
esque soap opera. That's the and way this, I think it was. This is even all before, like where I am in the book. I think, uh, well, it jumps around a little in time, but like there's a lot of stuff from before. Obviously, she became part of the public life as first lady and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, and I know people will gag possibly when they hear this, but this is. The one thing, one of the things that I think was unique about President Obama, like, I think he was actually a politician who was, had integrity, like, wasn't so caught up in the political power struggle. Right. But I think he actually did try to focus on doing what was best for the country, whereas a lot of these people in politics, they're just I mean, they're power hungry. Right. right? So, and I, that could be because Obama you know, he became president very quickly. He hadn't been in politics all that long. No. You know, he'd served like a stint in the Illinois Senate. Right. A stint in the U.S. Senate, and then I don't even recollect if he finished his U.S. Senate term. He might not have. He might have elected president. So, anywho, yeah, a lot of the families, Democrat or Republican, are the same. Right. Politics and political power is kind of their family business. Right. I mean, that's what it became with the Bush family, right? Oh, gosh, yes. So... Anywho, anywho, what what do we have in the world of pop culture that we need to discuss? Mm, nothing that I really give a, you know what about. Oh no, oh, that's not true. That's See? not true. Do tell. Usually it doesn't involve people, but in this particular sense, it involves a person. I mean, a movie, which is Downton Abbey. I don't know that I'll go see it. I'm probably wait for it to come out. But I am intrigued by it because I did watch it on uh, PBS. Well, funny you should say that because Jonathan and I are discussing going <laughs> to a 3 p.m. show on Friday. Oh, wow. To see it. Of course, he has zero interest in seeing it, but <laughs> go with me. He's like, yeah, I kind of remember you watching some of that show. He's like, I kind of get it. And then he's like, it'll just be another one of those. He's like, what's that film that we hated? And I'm thinking, film we hated, film we hated. <laughs> and then he eventually stumbles upon the name. He's like, Love Actually. I'm like, no, you hated that film. I loved it. I'm like, this wasn't a we hate. He's like, yeah, it's going to be another Love Actually That's hilarious. situation. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. I don't know that much about it. And, of course, part of me was like, oh, I wish I had the time to binge watch the whole series again. Right? Before the movie. I mean, I think I read that the movie picks up like five years after the chronology in the oh, series. Oh, okay. And I don't know that it's going to be that interesting. It seems like the main plot point is that the king and queen of England are coming to visit. Right. Downton Abbey, which seems completely implausible to me. But Right. Like, why would they come at yeah. it? Like, yeah. So, we shall see. I have to see if I can fit that into my 
Friday schedule. So, we'll have one little tidbit. Yes. So, as I've shared on this podcast before, I listened to this podcast by called By the Book, Kristen Meisner. Oh, yeah. And, uh, or Meisner, and, uh, Jolenta Greenberg, and they read these self-help books and live by them for two weeks, and then, you know, build their podcast around that. So I was listening to a recent episode, and it's funny, it's this, I guess there's this book called, might have a subtitle, but I think the main title is called Basic Bitches, right? And it's this whole concept <laughs> of what is basic. And oh, okay. It was very interesting to me, because... I'm not really familiar with this concept, and the only reason I even became familiar with it was because I watched uh, The Good Place. Okay. With Kristen Bell and. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Ted her. Danson. Uh, yeah. And so I just thought it was funny because she, her character, used the language, and it sounded insulting to me because, you know, it's like. Yeah, basic. Right. And so now I feel like I understand a little bit more about what basic is. Yeah. So, for example, if you fall over yourself when the pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks comes back each year, yeah, basic. Right. <laughs> gotcha. I just like saying it that way, really. <laughs> I don't really like basic bitches. I'm like, so <laughs> I was like, is there anything you can think you're basic about? This is what I kind of toil over was the concept. It's okay. like, well, part of it is like, you know, if you like things that are just kind of like overhyped or right, ridiculously mainstream or super popular, AKA not cool, not hip, not unique. Right. Then that's basic. Okay. So, you know, the example... That's why I gave the example of the Starbucks right. latte. Oh, then I'm definitely not basic. So, is there anything in your life, though, where you feel, you know, you go along with the... No. I mean, you like doing your nails, right? Yeah, but even That's then... I... basic. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to slack on that. I don't jump over myself. Okay. Right. Uh... But you enjoy it when you do. I like getting it done. Okay. I like having it done so gotcha. I don't have to do it. Like today I'm probably going to have to work on my nails because they just fall apart from housework. And tennis, I think. And tennis. Oh my gosh. All right. Not to jump. All right. So we're both, neither of us is basic. No, we are not. All right. Perfect. <laughs> that made me realize, dang it, I pulled this article out of the Sunday New York Times and I meant to bring it to you because it was so fascinating about the different grips Oh, so like, yeah, the complete western, the semi western, the semi eastern, the complete eastern, right? And just the whole. And where does the continental come in? Is that western? Oh, sorry, maybe that is. Yeah, maybe yes, or maybe it's the one in between. Maybe it isn't like semi western. I think I use continental when I am serving, and then I go eastern when I'm playing, which is weird. Yeah, eastern is very a typical. Yeah. I think they said I want to say maybe it's very extreme. I don't know if Nadal 
I don't think Nadal uses that extreme, but I think he's more Eastern. But I don't like it when tennis coaches are very adamant about you using one specific thing. Because I'm like, listen, I really don't care. If I can hit the ball and hit it well, it doesn't matter to me. Well, well, different scenarios call for different correct shots, right? Not it. I mean, right. Not it. But you're playing. I am not. I haven't been playing since I was five. Right. So for me, they're like they're always trying to correct me. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be 50 years old in another year. You need to let that go. <laughs> I don't like, care. First of all, I like you know you. One of the things they were talking about is how if you have such an extreme grip and you need to switch yeah. to hit a particular shot because you need spin on it, for example, right. or something, it's very hard to go from an extreme, like I it's agree. a bigger movement. And I'm thinking, oh my God, tennis is so fast. Are you telling me these players are like changing their grip? They see the ball coming. They think, obviously, in a split second, what shot do I need to get back and change their grip? Well, I just can't even understand what that's I possible. would say, no matter what, you have to change your grip on a backhand. That's well, a different grip than continental. That well, goes most back. Most people have a two-handed backhand. Right. right. So, so it's you, like you're it's, changing it anyway. You have to, yeah. But... Um, it is pretty crazy because I know I always change my grip when I, I have my backhand. Maybe that's why I never excelled at tennis. I surely did not consciously change my grip in any way. I feel if I had tried, my racket would just keep falling out of my hand. Right. So I know I, I basically all but uh, I burnt burned a hole in my my grip on Sunday, even though I had just changed out my grip. But I just, I was using Continental so much that I, I wore it down. I wore it down yeah. where my thumb is, and I kept having to move my racket around. I had that some, speaking of which, after this, that's what I have to do. It's on my list of things to do to change my grip. Oh my goodness. I know. So many things. I know. I mean, you know, changing your grip, not basic, but playing tennis in the South. Might be considered basic. <laughs> I'm just All saying. All right. Because well, think about it. It's such. It's like the popular thing to do. People. Do I to be will social own to my exercise. basicness. <laughs> Maybe I need to read or listen for, to this. For tennis, just this for now. Book, just to. But I know. But I don't fall over it. It's kind of funny. I had a whole discussion with the ladies on Sunday after I got done with. My three-hour match, or however long it was, because we, well, we start. We started. We definitely started at one. And I think we, yeah, no, I think we were done by like three or three thirty. But when I got done, I was saying, hey, if you people want to play more, knock yourself out. I mean, I, I you want to play the higher lines? I, I'm spreading the love. I don't need to play, you know. And the captain was like, no, 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 because I don't jump at the chance to play tennis. Right. I just enjoy it. Whereas some people are like, I'm past that stage. I would say I was basic 10 years ago. (laughs) I just enjoy getting on the court and getting some exercise. But I am past that. I'm going to die if I don't play today. Right. So. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh my goodness. Well, 
that a good stopping point so we can talk about off the record things? Oh yeah, please. Mm-hmm. All right, twenty. That was twenty-seven minutes. Good job. Good Bye job. for now. So much to talk about, Riz, so much. But first, most importantly, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Because I feel as though I haven't seen you in a week, which <laughs> yeah. is unacceptable. Um, yes, because we normally walk on Wednesdays, yes. and today would have been the day to walk. Today However, would have been I had the day. to get blood drawn. I know. But it actually kind of all worked out, because my blood work really, I went in initially for... Um, Chris's company. Yes, his insurance. Yes, it's called Know Your Numbers, and you get your blood work done, and if anything, everything works out, then you get a lot of money off of your insurance. Yes. But then I had set up uh, an appointment with my regular doctor. Yes. And he wants me to always get my blood work done beforehand. Oh. So while hmm. so he can review all my results with him while he, I'm in there. Okay, but do they get it that quickly? Uh, it'll take about a week, but my oh, okay. appointment is for oh, two weeks. Oh, right. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, I asked the lady, I said, if I have my paperwork, can I get my blood done? And uh-huh. she was like, yeah. So, I got blood drawn for that as well. Nice. So, I was just concerned I might pass out, because I right. don't know how much they take. That's but correct. But it wasn't a lot. She so, you went it. to two separate places? No, no, no. No, they the did it all sp- once. Okay. Yeah, I just happened well, to ask. So, they knew how much blood they were taking right. from you then. They could be responsible. <laughs> I also have blood drawn today as well. Yeah, so I hate um, it. I don't care. It's fine. Does it? Do you ever pay attention to whether they hurt you or not when they do it? I uh, do. Uh, <laughs> I make a note of it. Okay, this person is not good at her job. This person is. Well, no. There, I think there's. Uh, there uh, definitely are better phlebotomists than others. Yes, that is I true. Agree. Now, since I donate blood regularly. I do know the difference between somebody who does their job well right. and somebody who doesn't. Right. During this time, I have learned that I my veins roll. So that, I guess, is a little bit what does that mean? tricky. Well, so like you find them, mm-hmm. but then when you poke them, they like move around. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So, so do they have to wiggle? Um, or do they just have to put the tourniquet on? And... Well, they do the tourniquet, they find it, then they mark it. Oh. If I'm donating blood. If I'm okay. donating. Because the thing needs to stay in your arm for a while to get the blood out. Gotcha. If they're not just drawing a little tube. Um, and there have been a couple of times that it's been very uncomfortable, but I just remind myself of the reason I'm doing it, and then I do not complain. Oh, okay. So, That's fair. Because I am lucky enough to be alive and able to donate to give blood to people who need it so I just tell myself I can live with you know whatever the amount of discomfort right is oh speaking of discomfort that would be such a good segue to the politics oh yeah it's never comfortable this this country is so uncomfortable (laughs) to me actually so this is funny we're just I'm just gonna have I'm gonna have show and tell with Riss about all my New York Times Sunday New York Times this is a good issue well, there could be a lot of, there are a lot of different dates in here. This one is Sunday, September 8th, 
And I just thought this was oh. funny because it said the real Donald Trump is a character on TV. <laughs> he is. So the chief television critic of the Times and the author of Audience of One, Donald Trump, Television and the Fracturing of America, he wrote this article. His name is James Pony Wozik, I guess. And I just found that um, interesting. So, you know, here, I'm just going to read you a little because we're going to then share some more Trump things. The article starts on September 1st with a Category 5 hurricane off the Atlantic coast. An angry wind was issuing from the direction of President Trump's Twitter account. The apparent emergency, Deborah Messing, the co-star of Will and oh, Grace, yeah. had tweeted that, quote, the public has a right to know, end quote, who is attending a Beverly Hills fundraiser for Mr. Trump's re-election. And then this is the quote from, or the tweet from Trump. Quote, I have not forgotten that when it was announced that I was going to do The Apprentice, and when it then became a big hit, helping NBC's failed lineup greatly, <laughs> at Deborah Messing came up to me at an upfront and profusely thanked me, even calling me sir, end quote, wrote the 45th. <laughs> okay, so Trump could also, one, be a little tone deaf and not appreciate sarcasm, or two, he could realize, like, yeah, just because somebody appreciates something you did in one instance mm -hmm. doesn't mean they give you blanket, you know, right. power. That's not the right phrase, but, you know... You don't just get a pass right. on everything else. Ever. But, um, yeah, so this article, that just kind of amused me. Um, Trump sucks. And uh, <laughs> he's just so awful. And, you know, I don't actually talk about him specifically to people that I know voted for him other than you. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Because I'm trying to tamp down the part of me that wants to ask them, hmm. like, but don't you think he's a freaking moron? You're not going right. to vote for him again, right? Right. But then that opens up a lot of things. I mean, I suppose some people could get defensive, right? Right. I'm like, hey, I'm not judging you for what you've done in the past. I'm going to judge you for what you do in the future. But there, but the their argument from some Trump people would say, but he's doing a good job, and that's the pro. That's the issue. He is. It's not though? an opinion. It it for them, it's a fact. They like the things he says, and they like the things he does. Well, I really hope they don't like the things he says. Although there are clearly a lot of people that yes. do. I hope I personally don't know anybody. Right. That likes what he says. I do know that there are people that, but again, it's usually the people who are looking at their own lives and mm. how they're personally impacted that will say he's doing a good job. Right. It's more like, I think he's doing a good job for me. Correct. Well, you know, the people that built up the savings and loan crisis that put us in the last great recession mm -hmm. probably would have thought, oh, look. I'm getting, you know, a mortgage that I couldn't have gotten before. I'm getting, right. enough, you know, this is great for me. It's great until it isn't. Right. And the thing is, I mean, people will say, I mean, to me, having a completely erratic and undependable stock market is not that great. So, but I know people, like if the stock market's their thing, over the course of this presidency, they've been happy with him at times when it goes up. 
right i'm like but then it goes down economists will tell you that we're heading to a recession based on a lot of what trump is doing he's imposing tariffs on european wine risks so all right impeachment proceedings need shall to begin, begin now <laughs> immediately if not sooner if not for anything but just for that right <laughs> No, and so I do think that like there is part of the Trump face that is being harmed by him, mm -hmm. and I hope that they'll consider that. Like I do think the Midwest farmers, many of whom probably voted for him, realized now that he doesn't actually care that much about them. Um, he's ruining their well, business. I, you know what? That, that's the that's something that I would prefer to do a little more research on in particular because I think it's going to hurt them in the short term. But it might help them in the long term. I just don't know how that works because I know a lot of that has to do with China and their economy. Well, um, but and if how you, long is the long right, term? Because right. farms can go under but yeah. like that. Right, right. So it is a problem. I think him forcing China to change their tariffs and do a lot of things with the, the um, oh, what's that called? Intellectual property. And, oh, the intellectual and, property all, argument but, is so boring. Like right. But however, there's a lot of problems with China just in general right now. Of course. I mean, so, there's always been, we've always had problems with them. Well, no, I'm just saying for themselves. They've got um, a lot so? of, what, the protests. Are oh, with Hong Kong. Yes, yes. Sorry. They have a lot. That's right. I don't think their economy is suffering. I think they're that's in true. A, a, a period of political upheaval again, which I don't know. I don't know how much our tariffs are impacting them. They're a much bigger market than we are, so I personally would think right. we're being impacted right. more. I agree. Um, and, you know, the other thing about the what's happening, you know, to the agricultural industry as well is our tax dollars have been used for bailouts that could have been avoided. I mean, there was like a some multi-billion dollar package, you know, to try to get mm -hmm. the farmers through. Right. And it's like, well, if you just didn't mess with it, maybe we wouldn't have to be spending billions of dollars. Yeah, like, why do we even mess with the farmers? Why can't we just let them farm? Well, we have... The government, for many, many years now, has always had to give agriculture money, has always had to subsidize farmers, which is why I think it's so funny because that they vote Republican, because typically Republicans are against what they would call government handouts. Right. And farmers and farms get government handouts all the time. But I want to know the why they need handouts to begin because with. Because they can't afford to farm their land it's oh. too expensive and but obviously we need them to keep producing food but sometimes we don't want them to produce more food and so it's because like because we can't we can't there's not a market out. for there's it not, or the yeah we, that's weird it's uh, yes it's just very it doesn't sound logical depressing to me too, when i right? feel like we could feed the world oh that's right oh so much food goes to waste right. i mean yes so and again as you know not speaking as any type of expert here but that it's just it's frustrating well, it's just, and you know, it's like we were talking about earlier in this episode, you know, Trump is rolling back things that when you talk about long term, isn't going to be better in the long term. Like you had talked about, you know, this, uh, we don't know if it was an executive order or what it was, but it was going to affect the wetlands right. and, you know, he's just doing things, which if he's a four year president, hopefully these things can be unrolled without minimal damage. But now there's like, where is this new drilling? Is it going to be off the coast of California? Why would you drill anywhere near a major fault line anyway? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't care if, you know, the fault line is under California and I you're drilling know. in the ocean. It still seems too close to right. me. But, um, so, yes. So, where it's all a little um, frustrating. And you and I were just talking about how we just recently learned that apparently on November 20th, Georgia is going to host a presidential debate. A democratic yes. debate. Yes, obviously. Um, Even though I feel like the Republicans want to have their own at this point. I've heard some rumblings damage of control. people <laughs> who want to run against him. I would love to see anybody step up and run against him for the Republican nomination. If only because it will drive him apeshit. It right. will just be another thing that undermines his already crumbling facade. However, <laughs> speaking of crumbling, did you hear about Bernie Sanders' heart attack? Yeah. And Has he I, pulled out yet? And no, he hasn't. And I thought I saw something even stranger that his daughter died or something. What? Some, some, I thought I, saw, I thought I here. I'll, I'll Google. All right, it you quick. Google that because that is just weird. But I'm sorry, heart attack to me signals. No presidential. Was it a heart attack? Or yes. Oh, they did say that? And his that? campaign confirmed it, too, I believe. All right, then. Okay, yes. His daughter-in-law dies two days after diagnosis of a disease. Ooh. Cancer. She got had cancer. She was diagnosed that late and died two mm -hmm. days later? Yeah. What the heck kind of cancer was that? I don't know. Good God. Yeah, that's true. Really I mean, it must have that's been horrible. Pretty, yeah. Well, I mean, you'd have to think if it was cancer, she must have ignored all kinds of symptoms or something. Yeah. I don't think people get diagnosed. At, with... No, 46, just dead at 46, just days after cancer diagnosis. Wow. Huh. Neuroscience. I'm 46. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I think the universe is telling Bernie, not your turn. Suffered a heart attack on the campaign trail, was hospitalized. You're correct. There yep. you go. Fact checking. Yep. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, my good God in heaven. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, you know, we. I think we also touched on the, at the time, what was the upcoming um, impeachment process. Yes. And as we talked about, it's definitely progressed a lot, and we haven't really spent time keeping up on it, except we know that they're, they've launched the inquiry. Yes. And people, you know, of course, and again... Most people who probably don't want to see it happen are Republicans. Maybe there are some swing voters. Um, you know, maybe there are some Democrats. But I would just like to say, so the interesting thing about this proceeding in the House is I actually think that it has a lot of value and that this is what it was designed to do. Because if the House impeaches Trump, he's not removed from office. The Senate has to do that. I mean, we saw the Republican Congress impeached President Bill Clinton mm -hmm. because they said he committed perjury and lied about having an affair with Monica Lewinsky. Mm -hmm. I personally didn't give a crap about his personal really life and did not think that it was worthy of an impeachment if inquiry. If anybody was suffering, it was his wife and kid, not exactly. any of us. And perhaps Monica. But really, I wonder if she could go back in time if she would choose not to tell that Linda Tripp woman because mm. that's really what blew the whole thing right. up. It wasn't like Monica went out and took Linda her story Tripp, public. The whistleblower. Yep. So that's speaking but, of whistleblowers. Have we even heard who these people are? Because now the second one has stepped up. Um, I mean, I obviously we're not supposed to know their names. Um, right. although people were mad at the New York Times actually. I don't 
know if they named one of them, which I cannot believe that they would have done. Yeah. But I heard one was in the CIA, mm-hmm. and I haven't really researched the second whistleblower. So it wasn't somebody in the White House, or it was? Well, I mean, a person in the CIA could have a role in the White House, but what I read was that this person heard the same story from multiple high-level White House Hmm. people, Um, and then prepared the memo that was sent, and you know, which, by the way, everything that's this is over. Mm -hmm. It's let's let's clarify this. This is Donald Trump asking a foreign dignitary for help or assistance in finding. Not it's something that would um, help him with his campaign. Um, so it's, there's a couple of different. Yes, what I understand is on a call in July, President Trump requested that the president of the Ukraine mm-hmm. dig up dirt, dirt on the Biden, Biden family mm-hmm. and use it to help Trump's reelection campaign. And in exchange, Trump would provide certain. Um, favors to the Ukraine, I think in the form of security, Mm -hmm. perhaps. I'm not entirely sure about that. And so, yes, you're not really allowed to encourage a foreign government to interfere with our However, other presidents have done that. No. John Kerry did it. For who? For himself during his campaign. Well, you can maybe do it for yourself, but he's also not the president when he was doing this. This is the thing. The president cannot do this. There's this like private citizens are allowed to do different things. When you are the president, you're restricted from doing certain things because as president they would be considered treason. So if you're running for president, yeah, you you're still not president. I mean, you're you bound. Can run, you can ask a foreign dignitary for help on your. Well, campaign. that's what Trump did, of course, with well, Russia. Remember. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right, but I'm saying other people who weren't president have done that before, and I know John Kerry. I looked this up last night because I was like, "Yeah, what did he do?" Um, and again, but that would be the distinction as a right. private citizen. And I and President Clinton did it while he was in office with the Prime Minister of Britain. What did, he asked him to personally help him rig an election? Yeah, not rig an election, but he asked him for favors to help him get elected or something. I guess no. that's the same thing. All right, where are you getting this crap from? Fox News or something? Yeah. Okay. So I had to look it up though. Yeah. And the I, John Kerry thing was definitely, that definitely happened. I'm sorry. I'm going to need some actual okay. sources for this. Okay. Um, because I don't believe it because my New York Times has not told me it is so. <laughs> okay. And I do think that Fox would um, mischaracterize things to mislead sure. people. But yes, John Kerry was never president, so it's not an applicable uh, situation. Um, And yeah, I guess if you're saying what Bill Clinton asked the UK to help him beat George W. Bush in the re-election... Or in George W. Bush's re-election campaign? Wait, John Kerry. Oh my God. George H.W. Bush's campaign for president. There, you, I can, I can speak and do things at the same time. Okay, I'm not. I'm more interested in Clinton. Okay, okay. John Kerry was a private citizen and not the president, and yeah. it really does come down to the president is held to different standards than somebody just running for president. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So I will. Re- I will 
look into that one. Yes, we've got to look into that. But in the meantime, of course, at this point in time, the only thing we care about is Trump. And of course, Clinton was president, you know, 20 plus years ago. And we can't say that regulations and laws haven't changed in the last 20 years. Um, but yeah, I just think also just the type of help that could have been delivered back in the 90s. I mean, you just don't have the same... Anyway, I'll be very curious. I can't really think that that actually happened because, or that it happened and they knew about it during his presidency because right. don't you think the Republicans would have been tried to impeach him for that? Right. <laughs> That's true. I mean, <laughs> that could have happened in like 94 when they took over Congress. If that were the case, why would they wait until after he'd been reelected to try to impeach him? Right. Because his impeachment proceedings were like in 19... 1998, I think. So he had already been reelected. It was like, you know, he's not, he's done. This is his second term. But anyway, my whole point about taking us down this road was <laughs> I think that the House should absolutely impeach Trump because it's also, it's like a, um, I, I'll tell you, go on. Well, it's just, it's, I, I was going to say it's like a slap on the wrist, but that almost, that trivializes it. But, Really, I mean, when people say things like, you know, impeachment, removing the president from office, I'm like, this is just the first step. Right. And this is Congress doing its job. If Trump really didn't do any of this, then he should let the investigation happen. Sure. First of all, I mean, I think it's already been determined based on what the White House has even released. He did it. I mean, haven't they, like, listened to the, tra seen the transcripts that Trump tried to hide or the Trump administration right. and they got them? Right. So... It's already clear what he did. And then, as we also know, um, that after, already under attack for having asked Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden, he publicly asked China to do the same. <laughs> yes. This time, there was no whistleblower forcing Trump's hand. Having already transgressed the one sacrosanct principle that foreign powers shouldn't meddle in American elections, Trump, for no apparent reason, brazenly violated it again. So, and it, it, this is this whole article is about the two psychological trips tricks Trump is using to get away with everything written by Peter Beinart, professor of journalism at the City University of New York. What is the source on this? My sad little eyes. It's from the Atlantic. And he said, uh, you know, and yet Trump's remarks don't appear to have hurt him much. The majority of Republican voters and politicians still oppose his impeachment. His China comments may even prove politically shrewd. Research into the psychology of secrecy and confidence help explains why. In January 2016, Trump infamously declared, quote, I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose voters, end quote. <laughs> I mean, he's just such a horrible piece of crap. It's so ridiculous. It's... Well, I feel that the impeachment process... I don't even know how long it takes, but my thought is it would probably take long enough that it would it would go on. I would say in the same time frame as the actual election. Yeah, I don't and if know. it did, then that's a lot of money spent on something we could avoid when we can just vote them out. Well, remember, it's not actually costing that much money compared to other things. 
Congress is just doing its job, and mm. they already get paid to do that. Right. So I don't know if they... Well, I would rather them work on things that are important to us, like gun control. This is important, I have to say. I think it's very important. Health care, immigration, these are things... The Republicans won't work with them in Congress on that, so they can't do anything. Well, They've tried. I know. I mean, yeah, it'd be great if they could come up with some, you know, actual bipartisan... Well, Hillary Clinton said they could. They could do more. And I agreed. And I told Amy Klobuchar she should. Well, I mean... Hillary Clinton must be listening in on my phone conversations. She probably is. I think so. Because I've said this to people. (laughs) And when she was on The View this week, she said it. And I was like, damn it, she stole that from me. She just feels like the Democrats could be doing a lot more during their campaign to get things done. But my thought was, well, the Republicans just, I mean, there are, there's pieces of legislation literally sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. As I say, they control the House. They don't control the Senate. Mitch McConnell is a piece of crap as well and won't even bring things to a vote. And I hate that. I don't get why. Because he's a piece of crap. He's just, and he realizes that the the Republican voter base isn't going to punish any of them. Nope. Vote people out? Well, yeah, that would be nice, except when you have a base that yeah. doesn't actually apparently care about how people behave, which is so interesting to me, just because these are the people who, you know, tout family values or tout being patriots. I'm like, you're letting this president basically shit all over Over the country and the Constitution. And what you do. I mean, you're The Republicans just just don't stand up to him. Well, because they don't have to because people keep voting them back into office. So why would they change a system that isn't broken for them? I mean... It's dumb. It's just... Doesn't make sense. Bad. Yeah, it's bad. Um, And honestly, like I said, I absolutely think that these things that he is being accused of are worthy of investigation. So much more so than the Republicans investigating Bill Clinton's affair with Monica Lewinsky. So part of me also thinks it's like, eh, you know, what goes around comes around, but this time it's actually legitimate. You know, you Republicans voted to impeach a Democrat president. You have to believe that the time is going to come when the Democrats vote to impeach a Republican president. That's just what happens. And actually, you know, meddling with having foreign powers meddle with internet with our national elections in exchange for favors or even not favors um yeah i just don't think that's what this country stands for and i don't think it's what the founding fathers wrote the constitution to uphold and in fact i would say that part of the constitution is even drafted specifically to prevent people like trump behaving this way i agree so thank you He's a piece of crap. I just want to make sure I say that enough <laughs> I don't time. think, yeah, I don't think you said it. On the record. I don't think I've said it enough. All right, what else do we need to talk about here before we wrap up this fascinating follow-up that I'm sure so Oh, many how people... was um, Downton Abbey? Oh, yes, Downton Abbey. Um, it was good. And actually, I went with Jonathan, and he even enjoyed it. I heard him laughing a couple times. And afterwards, he hmm. said... That was better than I thought it would be. Excellent. Yes. Um, now, going backwards, were you you were really into the show? Were you there every Sunday night watching it, or did you binge no, watch I, it? I binged watched most of it. I think kind of towards the end, but I was never there every Sunday night. It was on Netflix, so okay. 
I never watched it. How live. long has that been off the air? Like two years? A while. It might even be longer than two it has years, to be I think. Than yeah, because the movie, I think, took a while to make. My thing was, and I think I was commenting on this earlier, was I just didn't think it was realistic. I'm like, the king and queen of England didn't go traipsing around the country. Yes, they did. <laughs> That's what well, they I did. thought they did. I mean, they you did. These, I just these people are lords and I whatever they are, and they gotta yes. go. And because they, the 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 seek the uh, whole thing is that from the beginning of medieval times, you know, the king and queen would grant the lords or whoever their their estates. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't seem odd to me that that would happen. However, it would in that time frame. Well, yes, yeah, so I did, I mean, this article here again in the New York Times on my birthday, um, it did say, so Elizabeth I back in the 1500s did it, but then it says there was a George V Renaissance. It said not many of the British monarchs who followed Elizabeth I mirrored her taste for touring the country in lavish style. By the 19th and 20th centuries, British royals lacked the power and political influence of the Tudors, but during the reign of George V, who came to the throne in 1910, the custom of the traveling monarch enjoyed a renaissance. Hmm. Well, there you go. And it said... And what's uh, the time frame of Downton Abbey? Is that in the 20s? Yeah. So okay. he was still king then, because oh. George V was Elizabeth's grandfather, maybe? Hmm. Not her father, because her father was only king for a very short period of time gotcha so i think hello you're on our podcast now forever and ever early in their reign george and mary traveled their vast colonial empire promoting the image of the british monarchy anyway says you can't yep my god they read you say it and it appears in the paper (laughs) from the middle ages (laughs) to modern times one thing has stayed constant the king and queen Want to stop in? It's impossible to say no. Right. And you got to prepare go. for days and weeks yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. So I recommend you see it. Okay, it's then I will. All right. We're going to, I guess, pause for a smidge. Is there like. She wanted to show you now? something. You said you wanted to. Oh, I did. Oh, yes. Naomi's project that she has to turn in tomorrow. I get to see it. Such hmm. neat writing. I'm so old, I can't read it though. What the heck? Someone needs Naomi to teach August how to this freehand. That's excellent. That's she's so talented. Possible. From here, it looks like so a coloring book. I know. Okay. I, it can. It can. People. You, does that actually have to be read, though? Yeah, I was gonna go over it in pen. Perfect. That's what I would do. Wait, I'm Naomi likes to write in this? pencil. Yeah. This That's is the thing I think you need. August does to too. Is he the lefty? No. No. Like, okay. I think lefties like to write with pencil because. When they write with, you know, the ink oh, smudges yeah. across as they bring their hand but across. But I would think the lead gets on or whatever it, it does. It does, but it's easier to clean off It's than not the ink. lead anymore, is it? Yeah, no, it's a graphite composite. Graphite, yeah. that's right. Because lead is bad. See? Yeah. yeah. But that comes off easier. Yeah, if I wash my Yeah, graphite. That changed yeah. when we were a kid, right? Yeah, probably when they decided you can't put lead in paint anymore. And... Right. Because I remember having lead pencils. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, then it's I think changed. it must have changed in like middle school. Then when they realized that we were still eating our pencils. <laughs> They're like, oh no, look at all those teeth marks. Whoa. Oh my god. Back in the day. Back in the day. Um, 
Yeah, so that, I mean, this is Wednesday, October 9th. I have no idea when we actually recorded that episode, right? but probably a couple weeks ago. Okay. Because I think it was before I went on my birthday trip. Right. We could discuss that too. Was nah, it? it's okay. It was excellent. Yeah, it was. But it would take us a whole lot of time and we're already at 31 minutes. Okay. Which makes this a long episode. That's all right. I've been listening to, oh, Dax Shepard. And those yeah. episodes are like two hours. I know. Which I is know. good. It is good. We tried to shorten some episodes up this season because I did get, we did get some feedback from we our did. listeners that, you know, they'd like shorter episodes that they could digest in one sitting. Oh, okay. So this will not who be are that. These, who are these people? I'd out them, but I wouldn't want to scare them away. <laughs> we have listeners. Like we have listeners. Three or four. Sometimes I think five. more. I think more. Maybe more. We don't do a lot to collect, you know, data. data. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're too busy entertaining ourselves. Vivian. It's true. It's true. What do you? What do you? Two royal pains in the Abbey. Get it? Uh, Get it? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I guess it's goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. Peace out, bros. Peace out. Since it isn't actually that clear what is going on with the uh, Trump whistleblower slash impeachment scenario, I decided that I would do something a little different and insert a little more information here than Riss and I had when recording the follow-up. So on October 8th, uh, ABC News shared an article entitled, From a Controversial Phone Call to Impeachment Calls, a Trump Whistleblower Timeline. And this article is by someone named Allison Peckerin. And it says, Ever since a news report about a whistleblower complaint concerning President Donald Trump sent shockwaves through Washington, it's been a challenge to make sense of the complicated and still unfolding story. Early media reports about the whistleblower complaint, which was filed in August, said that President Trump may have urged the president of Ukraine... Volodymyr Zelensky to launch an investigation into Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, during a July phone conversation. Trump has since acknowledged discussing Biden on the call, but denies any wrongdoing. So I'm not going to read the whole article, of course, but I'll just going to give you the timeline talking points. June 13th, 2019, Trump tells ABC News chief anchor George Stephanopoulos that he would consider accepting damaging information about a political rival from a foreign country without alerting the FBI first. June 18th, 2019, the Department of Defense announces $250 million in aid for Ukraine. Mid-July 2019, Trump instructs Acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney to put a hold on disbursement of aid funds to Ukraine, according to multiple senior administration officials. July 24, 2019, former Special Counsel Robert Mueller testifies on Capitol Hill. This is relevant, I guess, because Mueller testified before two House committees about his investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election and potential obstruction of justice by the president. July 25th, 2019, Trump partakes in the now controversial phone call with the new president of the Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky. July 28th, Trump announces that Dan Coats will be leaving his role as director of national intelligence. Uh, Okay. August 8th, Trump changes course on DNA nomination. Coats' top deputy resigns. August 12th, the whistleblower files a complaint about the intelligence 
with the Intelligence Community Inspector General. August 16th, Joseph McGuire assumes role of Acting Director of National Intelligence. August 26th, Atkinson passes the whistleblower complaint to McGuire. September 2nd, deadline passes for McGuire to alert Congress to the whistleblower report. September 9th, Atkinson expresses his concerns to House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff and Ranking Member Devin Nunez in a letter. September 10th, Schiff pens a formal request for the full whistleblower complaint. September 11th, the State Department gives Congress notice it wants to send an additional $141 million in aid to Ukraine. Also on September 11th, National Security Advisor John Bolton leaves the Trump administration. Also on September 11th, the administration notifies Congress of plans to move forward with dispersing aid money for Ukraine. September 13th, McGuire denies Schiff's request for a copy of the complaint and related documents. Schiff issues a subpoena. Oh my God, this is going on forever. September 18th, news that the whistleblower complaint was about Trump breaks in the Washington Post. September 19th, Atkinson meets with the House Intelligence Committee behind closed doors. September 20th, Trump tries to redirect focus to Biden. Also on September 20th, the Wall Street Journal reports that Trump urged Zelensky to work on an investigation into Biden's son about eight different times. September 21st, Ukraine foreign minister says that Trump did not put pressure on Zelensky during the July call. September 22nd, Trump acknowledges discussing Biden with UK, Ukraine's president. Also on September 22nd, Schiff suggests that the contents of the report could move the needle closer to impeachment. Also on September 22nd, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi releases a letter calling for the administration to allow Congress access to the whistleblower complaint. On September 24th, Pelosi announces that the House will move forward with a formal impeachment inquiry. Quote, the actions of the Trump presidency revealed the dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections, end quote, Pelosi said in her public remarks. Quote, therefore, today I'm announcing the House of Representatives is moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry, end quote. September 25th, the White House releases a rough transcript of Trump's phone call with Zelensky. Also on September 25th, the Department of Justice's Office of Legal Counsel declassifies and makes public a previously written legal opinion finding that McGuire acted properly in not forwarding the whistleblower complaint to Congress. September 26th, declassified copies of the whistleblower complaint and the Inspector General's report to McGuire are made public. Also on September 26th, McGuire appears on Capitol Hill for public testimony before the House Intelligence Committee and for closed-door testimony with the Senate Intelligence Committee. September 27th, House Democrats issue subpoenas for Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and five other State Department officials. Also on September 27th, Kurt Volker resigns as special envoy to Ukraine. September 27th, it is first reported that the Trump administration used a separate system to store the record of his call with Zelensky. Hmm, emails anyone? September 30th, Democratic Chairman subpoena Giuliani for documents related to their impeachment probe. October 1st, Pompeo sends a letter to the leaders of three House committees stating his intention to block State Department witnesses from appearing for testimony. Democrats respond to the letter threatening to fine Pompeo or withhold his salary. October 2nd, State Department Inspector General Steve Linick meets with House and staff committee, Senate committee staffers for an urgent briefing. October 3rd, Volcker appears on Capitol Hill for closed-door deposition. October 6th, an attorney representing the original whistleblower tells ABC News that he is now representing a second whistleblower with first-hand knowledge of some of the information in the whistleblower complaint. The attorney said the second whistleblower has spoken to the inspector general. The 
existence of a second whistleblower, particularly one who could speak directly about events involving the president related to conversations involving Ukraine, could undercut Trump's repeated insistence that the original complaint released on September 26 was, quote, totally inaccurate, end quote. And that just high-level read-through-some-headlines updates took about six minutes, and I'm sure you're not listening. But if any of that means anything to you, that's what the timeline is as of October 8th. And then, as we also know, that after, already under attack for having asked Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden, he publicly asked China to do the same. <laughs> yes. This time, there was no whistleblower forcing Trump's hand. Having already transgressed the one sacrosanct principle that foreign powers shouldn't meddle in American elections, Trump, for no apparent reason, brazenly violated it again. So, and it, it, this, is, this whole article is about the two psychological trips, tricks Trump is using to get away with everything, written by Peter Beinart, professor of journalism at the City University of New York. What is the source on this? My sad little eyes. It's from The Atlantic. And he said, uh, you know, and yet Trump's remarks don't appear to have hurt him much. The majority of Republican voters and politicians still oppose his impeachment. His China comments may even prove politically shrewd. Research into the psychology of secrecy and confidence help explains why. In January 2016, Trump infamously declared, quote, I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose voters, end quote. I mean, he's just such a horrible piece of crap. It's so ridiculous. It's... Well, I feel that the impeachment process, I don't even know how long it takes, but my thought is it would probably take long enough that it, it would go on, I would say, in the same time frame as the actual election. Yeah, I don't know. And if know. it did then that's a lot of money spent on something we could avoid when we can just vote him out. Well, remember, it's not actually costing that much money compared to other things. Congress is just doing its job, and mm. they already get paid to do that. Right. So I don't know if they... Well, I would rather them work on things that are important to us, like gun control. This is important, I have to say. I think it's very important. Healthcare, immigration, these are things... The Republicans won't work with them in Congress on that, so they can't do anything. Well, They've tried. I know. I mean, yeah, it'd be great if they could come up with some, you know, actual bipartisan... Well, Hillary Clinton said they could. They could do more. And I agreed. And I told Amy Klobuchar she should. Well, so, I mean... Hillary Clinton must be listening in on my phone conversations. She probably is. I think because so. Because I've said this to people. <laughs> and when she was on The View this week, oh she said it. And I was like, damn it, she stole that from me. She Although, just feels like the Democrats could be doing a lot more during their campaign to get things done. But my thought was, well, the Republicans just, I mean, there are, there's pieces of legislation literally sitting on Mitch McConnell's they, desk. As I say, they control the that, House. They don't control the Senate. Mitch McConnell right. is a piece of crap as well and won't even bring things to a vote. And so, I hate that. I don't get why. Because he's a piece of crap. He's just, and he realizes what? that the, the Republican voter base isn't going to punish any of them. They're letting this president basically shit all over the country and, and the Constitution. And you and what you do. I mean, you're the Republicans just, just don't stand him. up to him. Well, because they don't have to because people keep voting them back into office. So why would they change a system that isn't broken for them? I if mean, it's dumb. It's 
just doesn't make sense. Bad. Yeah, it's bad. Um, and honestly, like I said, I absolutely think that these things that he is being accused of are worthy of investigation. So, and in fact, I would say that part of the Constitution is even drafted specifically to prevent people like Trump behaving this way. I agree. So. Thank you. He's a piece of crap. I just want to make sure I say that enough <laughs> I don't times. Think, yeah, I don't think you said that. On the record. I don't think <laughs> I've said it enough. All right, what else do we need to talk about here before we wrap up this fascinating follow-up that I'm sure... Oh, how was um, Downton Abbey? Oh, yes, Downton Abbey. Um, It was good. And actually, I went with Jonathan, and he even enjoyed it. I heard him laughing a couple times. And afterwards, he Hmm. said, that was better than I thought it would be. Excellent. Yes. Um, now, going backwards, were you you were really into the show? Were you there every Sunday night watching it, or did you binge no, watch I, it? No, I binged watched most of it. I think kind of towards the end, but I was never there every Sunday night. It was on Netflix, so okay. I never watched it. How live. long has it been off the air? Like two years. A while. It might even be longer than two it has years. To be I think. Than yeah, because the movie I think took a while. To make my thing was, and I think I was commenting on this earlier, was I just didn't think it was realistic. I'm like, the king and queen of England didn't go traipsing around the country. Yes, they did. <laughs> That's what well, they I did. Well, I thought they did. I mean, they you did. These, I just these people are lords and I whatever guess, they are, and they gotta yes. go. And because they, the 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 seek the uh, whole thing is that from the beginning of medieval times, you know, the king and queen would grant the lords or whoever their their estates Mm -hmm. so that doesn't seem odd to me that that would happen however it would in that time frame well yes so i did i mean this article here again in the new york times on my birthday um it did say so elizabeth the first back in the 1500s did it but then it says there was a George V renaissance. It said not many of the British monarchs who followed Elizabeth I mirrored her taste for touring the country in lavish style. By the 19th and 20th centuries, British royals lacked the power and political influence of the Tudors. But during the reign of George V, who came to the throne in 1910, the custom of the traveling monarch enjoyed a renaissance. Hmm. Well, there you go. And it said... And what's uh, the time frame of Downton Abbey? Is that in the 20s? Yeah. So he was still king then, because George V was Elizabeth's grandfather, maybe? Hmm. Not her father, because her father was only king for a very short period of time. Gotcha. So I think, hello, you're on our podcast now. Forever and ever. Early in their reign, George and Mary traveled their vast colonial empire, promoting the image of the British monarchy. Anyway, says you can't. Yeah, oh my God, they read. You say it, and it appears in the paper. <laughs> From the Middle Ages <laughs> to modern times, one thing has stayed constant: if the king and queen want to stop in. It's impossible to say no. Right, and you got to prepare go. for days and weeks yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. So I recommend you see it. Okay, it's then I will. All right, we're going to, I guess, pause for a smidge. Is there like... She wanted to show you something. You said you wanted to... Oh, I did. Oh, yes. Naomi's project that she has to turn in tomorrow. I get to see it. Such Hmm. neat writing. 
I'm so old, I can't read it though. What the heck? How'd you do that? Someone needs Naomi to teach draw August all how to... of this freehand. That's excellent. That's she's so talented. Possible. From here, it looks like so a coloring talented. book. I know. Okay. I, it's, it can it can people? You... Does that actually have to be read though? Yeah, I was gonna go over it in pen. Perfect. That's what I would do. Wait, I'm Naomi likes to write in this? pencil. Yeah. This That's is the thing I think you need. August to does too. Is he the lefty? No. No? Like, okay. I think lefties like that. to write with pencil because when they write with, you know, the ink oh, smudges yeah. across as they bring their hand but across. But I would think the lead gets on or whatever. It does, but it's easier to clean off It's than not lead anymore, is it? Yeah. No, it's a graphite composite. Graphite. Yeah. That's right. Because lead is bad for you. See? Yeah. But that comes off easier. Yeah. If I wash my yeah. Graphite. That changed when we were a kid, right? Yeah, probably when they decided you can't put lead in paint anymore. And... Right. Because I remember having lead pencils. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, then I think changed. it must have changed in like middle school. Then when they realized that we were still eating our pencils. <laughs> They're like, oh no, look at all those teeth marks. Whoa. Oh my God. Back in the day. Back in the day. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, this is... Wednesday, October 9th. Yes. I have no idea when we actually recorded that episode. Right. But probably a couple weeks ago. Okay. Because I think it was before I went on my birthday trip. Right. We could discuss that too. Was nah, it? it's okay. It was excellent. Yeah, it was. But it would take us a whole lot of time and we're already at 31 minutes. Okay. Which makes this a long episode. That's all right. I've been listening to... Oh, Dax Shepard. And those yeah. episodes are like two hours. I know. Which I is know. good. It is good. We tried to shorten some episodes up this season because I did get, we did get some feedback from we our did. listeners that, you know, they'd like shorter episodes that they could digest in one sitting. Oh, okay. So, best will not who be that. Who are these people? I'd out them, but I wouldn't want to scare them away. <laughs> we have listeners. Like we have listeners. Three or four. Sometimes five. I think five. more. I think more. Maybe more. We don't do a lot to collect, you know, data. data. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're too busy entertaining ourselves. Vivian. It's true. It's true. What are you? What are you? Two royal pains in the Abbey. Get it? Uh, Get it? Uh, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I guess it's goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. Peace out, bros. Peace out. This has been a season two episode of a walk in the park podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please head on over to Apple podcasts or Google play to rate review and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. You can also follow us on our social media accounts on Twitter. That's at a wit podcast on Facebook. You can find our, a walk in the park, Facebook page by searching at a wit podcast. And on Instagram, you can find us at a walk in the park podcast. We'd love to hear from you.